Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, a podcast series brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Herb Cement, and the Sajikwar Foundation. Impacting Jamaica shines the spotlight on the many, but often ignored, positive happenings, activities, projects, and investments at every level, across every sector, to inspire, motivate, and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy. My name is Keisha Hill, and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Leonia McCoy is inspired to get her hands in clay. Leonia, you are bombarded with images that you must convert, moving from inspiration to the final well-crafted piece. When did you realize you were such a creative genius? There's really no when as to when I realized I was a creative genius. For my whole life, I've been a creative person. I just really enjoyed art, drawing, drawing paper dolls in primary school, just drawing on a whole. And then in high school, I did art, which was very good, like a more formal approach to art. And it was after high school when i went to the edna manley college of the visual and performing arts i did the foundation course which allowed me to double in just about all the disciplines sculpture jewelry graphics painting ceramics everything and when i went into the ceramic department that was my first time with clay and it was love at first touch my main influences are Jean Pearson, Philip Supersad, and also Donald Johnson. He's from the Clanmel Potters. Okay, I see where you were at Walmart and you attended Walmart High School and you were so excited about the art department. I think you spent most of your time there. Why were you so excited about being at Walmart and what was the program about that got you so infused with art? The art department at the Walmart High School for Girls, it's, it's, it's like a loft. It is upstairs the canteen. It's always cool. And the teachers were just wonderful. There was Jackie Clark. There was Marcia Dunn and among others. Stanford Watson also was one of my first teachers. But just how they introduced art to us, we were able to draw, they assist in different areas. There was something about art that really, really got me. And I think it was the comfort also of the department itself. The space you have in there up top, it just really felt good. And whenever I had a break, as you said, I really enjoy just having a space to sit down and disturb and do art. Okay, so in that space, you were not introduced to ceramics, but you said you drew, you did drawings, paintings. Uh, what were some of the images that came to your mind during that time? Did you do colors? Uh, what type of art did you do that time? Well, we did graphics. We did drawings, like scenes. And one of the images I have in my mind was one Heroes Day project. We got to decorate a book cover. So I still remember cutting and pasting heroes, putting them in and drawing my own design around all of that. It was like a collage or mixed media. Okay, and mixed media meaning 
different types of art, not just one specific no, area. Mean, meaning I could paste pictures and on top of the pictures, I could, on top of the pictures, I could, I also did my own lettering. I remember learning how to do my own lettering so you don't need a stencil in getting the letters, like learning how to measure the letters properly and making sure all of them have the same spacing, equal spacing between the letters and all of that. How have you grown and developed into your own style and technique? You mentioned that in the Manly, that this is where you were introduced to ceramics. Uh, prior to that, what were you thinking of doing in art? Oh, well, we were sure I was going to do graphic. And I remember my teacher, Mrs. Dunn, when she heard I was doing ceramics, she was shocked because she was saying, I thought you would have done even textiles. If not graphics, it would be painting or textiles. However, doing the foundation course, those did not appeal to me as much as ceramics because I found in ceramics with clay, I could do textiles, I could do painting, graphics, because then I could mold it, I could weave it. I could bend it, I could paint on it, and so much more. So I really had a wide variety to work. So over the years, you've extended your craft to ceramics. Basically, you've had a full-time ceramic career, about 10 years or so. What pieces do you specialize in? <laughs> you say about 10 years, it's really over 20 years, actually, because I left in 2001. I taught for a year and really have been doing ceramics. But full-time ceramics. Full-time, it's really a year after I left school that right, I okay. began doing it full-time. So what pieces do you specialize in? I, I've seen here most of your work has to do with shells. Hence my introduction of you being in awe the sea. And I, I see some really colorful butterfly creations. So tell me more about the pieces that you specialize in? So over the years, I've done quite a number of things, you know, getting my hands in. I do what I call my long belly mugs. Long belly mugs? Long <laughs> belly mugs. Why do you call it? Because, <laughs> you know, in Jamaica, I don't know if you know the syrup, the English cup of tea, those small teacups that well, they and have. You stick out your and you stick out your finger, you behave like the queen. You have to behave like you're in the palace. <laughs> now here, when you're in Jamaica, you know, say, when grandma give you one cup of tea, your one cup can't do. You need more and you want the biggest mug. Oh, okay. So somebody had commissioned me to do a cup for him and I remember him complaining that the one cup of tea can't do. So he want something where whole enough. And in Jamaica, we say your belly long when you drink so much oh, or eat so okay. much. Oh, okay. So that's why you call it the long belly mug. They are long long belly mugs they hold more than one cup of tea about three cups of the normal tea not just three I'm, no not so much good god man it's a very very long <laughs> <laughs> all right a cup or two like a cup and a half to two cups so of our long belly mugs long yes. belly mugs i do mini bowls that are small bowls skewed for like your nuts your sauce mm -hmm. your potpourri and your jewelry and they are good for just a lot of variety of things they are small and cute and they make great gifts as well right for the home and i see where you also do for office spaces for office spaces all my pieces are suitable for home and office spaces because it's about adding value to the space that you're in i do what i call fruit bowls they are really the bigger bowls you can put fruits in them 
but really they kept their stand on their own they just enhance his faith and my favorite there are other things but my absolute favorite is the butterfly <laughs> right those are really big though <laughs> yeah those are my larger pieces i really love the i love to carve one two what the butterfly represents the whole metamorphosis of the butterfly coming from a larvae larvae or worm some people don't like the term worm mm -hmm. but you're leaving from that crawling state that whole thing of crawling represents some struggles hard times and we all go through that and after that and i'm familiar with this because at almost we used to have the larvae coming out on the corridor under the trees and i love trees mm -hmm. and i would pick them up put them in a matches box or put them in a bottle and then the big big thing is leaving from the, the cocoon and when you see it emerge from the cocoon and come out and the wings are all crumpled look like when you crumple your mash up paper you fold it out crumple your paper and throw it down and as the wings are pumped you cannot help it during that stage it has to do it by itself comes forth the most beautiful creature ever all the colors and it's soaring through the sky so no longer it's it no longer content with crawling on the floor and you stopping you stomping on it or stepping on it it flies above your head they're just beautiful and it really inspires me you love the butterfly, you love the sea, seems you like a lot of color. Now, I've seen your showroom being at your premises here today and there's some really exciting pieces. And basically what I'm observing is that no two pieces are alike. They're all different. So, how do you twist and turn your pieces to give each its distinctive style? Because you don't use molds, no, so everything is from inspiration from the beginning so how do you give each piece its distinctive style to me making something the same is the hardest thing to do i don't know why when i look at the shells of the sea and and i collect shells as just a hobby when you pick up one and you look at it everyone looks different there is always even just one line even we as persons you look at people everybody even the twins they might look alike but there's something that is that makes them different and i think i just replicate life everything is different a line makes it different or uh, a twirl a twist and i really enjoy colors and i make my own glazes as well so in in all of the 20 odd years there's not one piece that is replicated it won't be the it's not the same. <laughs> it won't be this. People have tried and I said, okay, it look alike, yes, but there's gonna be something, whether it's a color or even one line, one ball. I love balls and circles. Something is gonna a make something look a bit different. Alright, so take us out a little bit into your work. When you start and the end result, I notice you have a clean kiln. A clean, yes. Kiln. Oh Lord, in this song, clean around the back here that you um, ignite, you fire up your pieces. So take us a little bit of from when you start in terms of, you know, inspiration, what you're making into firing it up. 
<laughs> over here. So I mix my own glaze, my own clay as well, because I want, there's a particular texture and characteristics that I want from a clay. And this body was made for me by Donald Johnson. And looking at, uh, if I want to make a bowl, for me, if something is made already, I think it's a waste of my time to make it again. So if I see something, I'm going to try and see how is it do I turn it another way. It's almost like giving you my version of something. You might give me a version of your story. We all go to the same party, but we all have different version of it. So it's my version. And I'm forcing you to see what I see. So there are some minute things that I want to emphasize. With a leaf, it might be just the lines of it. Or I might be intrigued by the shape of the of that particular leaf and that is my focal point so i decide what is it that i want to make how is it gonna be made because i use various techniques whether it's on the wheel or i'm doing a slab or i'm doing african coil it all depends on when it is that uh what is it that i am making. everything has its distinct style so no two things are unique even twins are different so let's continue there right so i decide what is it that i'm making and how is it gonna be made going through the process and is a lot of patience you have to exercise when working with clay because there are certain things that you want to do if you want to carve on it you have to wait until it's at the right dryness there are different hardness that it gets that you do different things so i cannot twist it when it is very dry Ourselves. I have to know when is it that I want to do what. After the piece is complete, all is done, then I go ahead and glaze it. Now, it is traditional for potters to do two firings. They do what is called a bisque firing and a glaze firing. However, I have eliminated that first firing. So I do what is called <laughs> once firing. I just go straight to the glaze firing. So I have to be very careful when I apply the glaze, which is what you try and avoid cracks and all of that at that point. But I've developed it over the years and learned what to do. And I find it effective for me. So I do one time firing. Once They are all once fired. After it's glazed, I put it in the kiln. And my firings usually take between six to eight hours the most. So you start fire. up the clean long before because doesn't it have to be at a certain temperature? When you say long before, so I'm a morning person, right? So I'll come out here after five in the morning and start with a candle flame. And I use a gas kiln. So I light it <laughs> and I have to make, so if it's very breezy out here, I'm not going to start the fire and it's going to give me trouble. Because it is once fired, I have to be very deliberate about increasing the temperature. So it starts like a candle flame and i turn it up at different intervals that too has to be timed properly so every hour i turn up until when you're out here and um because we're close to our, my kiln now when it's at the maximum temperature you hear the hum of you know see a big from the gas going on and after that it has to be cooled down so if i fire today i can't open the kiln today I open it the following day when it's properly cooled because you don't want to damage anything inside 
and stuff. Then I can open and see all the goodies that come out. Okay, and, and I'm seeing all the goodies <laughs> yes, that have come out. They're fantastic. <laughs> we are speaking with Leonia McCoy, a ceramic artist with the versatility of clay, affording her the ability to be creative in endless ways. Now, you take art to the people. Where have you traveled? And what are some of the exhibitions that you have participated in? Yes, I do take art to the people. The thing is, my husband used to be in insurance and I was somehow taken on that marketing strategy to go to persons instead of waiting on them to come to me. I mean, I really want to add value to everybody's life. I've done a lot of corporate Jamaica, like Bank of Jamaica, Scotiabank, the NHT, OGM, Trafalgar Travel, different organizations. I have traveled outside of the country. I've been to Spain, I've been to Belgium, not necessarily for art. However, I've sold pieces in those countries as well. My children, they do chess, so I've been there for tournaments and I've had a wonderful opportunity of accompanying them. And being able to sell my pieces to Africans, and persons from different parts of the country. That has been great. What about exhibitions? Okay, so in 2006, I exhibited at Carol Campbell's gallery, which was known as the Revolution Gallery. That was my first solo exhibition, and the only one to date. I have, I have been exhibiting from I was in college, from second year, third year, I've exhibited at the Grosvenor Gallery, the Bank of Jamaica with the Association of Jamaican Potters. I have exhibited at the Mutual Life Gallery. I've exhibited at the Contemporary Gallery. There are couple, so many. Are so many. Best? Yes, they. I have exhibited a lot of group solo and exhibitions. And you've done pop-ups as well. Yes. Well, David Dunn and I last year, I think it was, we decided to take this thing to the mall. So <laughs> we just had a setup at the Sovereign Center. We were just in the food court that we decided to set up. I have done that in different spaces, like at the regional headquarters of the university. Various spaces. The truth is wherever I can put my pieces so that you are able to see them. That's what I do. And also, for persons, I go into different offices just to give them like a personal exhibition. So. More than one person might want to see, a co-worker want to see, as long as they have a table, a space for me to put my pieces on, that is what I do. Fantastic. So you've done so much work in terms of not just only creating your pieces, but also bringing it out there so persons can be aware of what you All right. And also for, so this is, that's not just, pieces alone like creating pieces and selling pieces i have a couple of years ago like probably more than 15 years ago over 10 years ago i used to go with stanford watson he's a part of the multi-care foundation we went in balcom drive community that's down by waterhouse no not balcom drive below waterhouse by waterhouse community and we did things with sheldon blake as well he was with us we went into just the, it wasn't even a square, I don't know what you call that, a very open space under two Aki tree. We had children under five years old over and we had persons up to 
um, late teens being a part of our Saturday programs. They would come, we'd bring the clay, we're teaching them how to build because I really just assist you in building whatever you're making. Any plans? You mentioned teaching. Any plans to go into teaching? I know <laughs> Edna Manley probably would be looking for, you know, new talent to showcase to their, you know, budding ceramic student well, or budding art student. There are many ways to teach. One of the things that I have developed in recent times is what I call my pottery experience. That you come to my studio. You come to my studio, like a group come to my studio. It's for an hour, similar to the paint and sip scenario. But persons think that this ceramic thing is such a myth, such a mystery. You know, it's an enigma. We, I want for you to know that everybody can create something. And I think it's in me to show you that, no, you don't have to left hand. They are quite capable of creating things. And I made sure at the end of the hour, we might go over, but at the end of that period, you have a finished piece. You're going to have to leave it so that I can fire it, because you know that process is long. But it is such a joy for at the end of the day, you see that your hands were able to create something. It does something to your mental state. It does something to your overall character. It makes you more profitable at work and all of that. So no thought of going into the classroom, but definitely imparting your knowledge to persons on a daily basis, those who really want to learn. Right. All right, so your sculptural pieces are medium-sized and some are very small, right? And we mentioned before that they're suitable for various homes and office spaces. Any plans to expand to bigger pieces or maybe expand your business? I mean, this pandemic has really hit us hard. So any plans to get bigger? For me, my dream is to do larger pieces than myself. At the moment, I'm limited to what can hold in my kiln because at the end of the day, the pieces have to be fired. So, it's my dream to expand, get a bigger kiln so that I can really do large pieces. I really enjoy doing large pieces. I have been looking at marketing my work because for me, I need to do more than just what I'm doing. After all, we all have hope in life, right? To get bigger. And I really want to push in my pottery experience with getting Jamaica, different persons to experience clay because I can't keep this to myself. It is so good. You need to experience it. And I'm here to facilitate that process. So basically, persons who want to learn, they can get in touch with you. And this is something positive. I mean, at the end of the day, you're contributing to the development of Jamaica. And this is extremely good. This is what impacting Jamaica is about, helping our country to grow and having that positive impact on our country's development. Thank you so much, Leonia. This has been an awe-inspiring journey from the sea to the sand to your home and office. Ceramic artist Leonia McCoy subscribes greatly to the notion of art being for useful purposes, not just for the sake of art. This has been Impacting Jamaica. Thank you so much for staying with us. Impacting Jamaica was brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica Herb Cement, and the Sagicor Foundation. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email at impactingjamaica at gmail.com. 
we would love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or on Deezer. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy.